Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you today. There is no other God but you. You're the only true God, and we thank you. Grant unto your people a heart to hear, eyes to see. Give me holy boldness as we march forth with understanding about wealth. Thank you that our lives will be forever eternally changed. This moment on, I thank you, Father, that we are people who walk in wealth. Talking about financially. And Father, I thank you that this moment on, our whole entire life will be changed by your word and by your anointing. Say this, pray, pray this. Say, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints. Thank you, Lord. I'm changing from glory to glory, from faith to faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I want to encourage you to make a decision this moment um, that you're going to be wealthy. Just make an internal decision. Say, I'm going to be wealthy. Just make that decision. And you may need some faith. I'm going to show you through scriptures. And just a side note, I was going over last night some prophetic words that I received um, back in 96, 90, I think it's 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. And, um, and the particular church that I was a part of, the pastor, um, he was an evangelist, but he prayed a lot. And so he got a lot of words for people. And I'm seeing some of those things come to pass. I said all that to say, to encourage you all, if you receive a prophetic word, save it and go over it. Um, he, he saw, this is before I became a pastor, even a youth pastor. Um, he, he prophesied about youth. There are a lot of people, young, young people who will miss hell. And then he also prophesied about a church. And I, I just sat there weeping, just like, man, he, he spoke things by the Spirit concerning now and some things that are happening. He even said, he said, we can drop you in China or in the middle of a jungle and you'll find your way back, but you'll tear up hell on the way back. <laughs> and I just, and I, I totally forgot that. And, and I, one of my best friends, he, he says, I can't believe you went to Uganda by yourself. I said, you don't know me. Like, I don't need people to go with me. I understand two by two. Mom, grandma's like, I don't like the fact you're by yourself. Dr. Odessa, I don't like, I said, listen, I don't like, I'm not waiting for nobody because <laughs> you wait for people, you got to get the passport. No, uh-uh, I'm going to go around the world with you without you. <laughs> and so, um, but it's just funny how that way of thinking, but he said that. So encourage you, get that prophetic word, hide it, war with it, 
think about it, keep it, type it up. Years later, sometimes things take years before they come to pass. So if it, if it gives a prophetic word today, and don't go out and try to make it happen today because it might it's a process. Amen? So we, today we're going to conclude our series, the Wealth Building Series, Wealth Building for the Kingdom, and it's called The Righteous Pursuit of Wealth. The Righteous Pursuit of Wealth. Everybody say, The Righteous Pursuit of Wealth. Uh, uh, um, an elder in the faith uh, was actually, he totally disagreed with me. This guy, I, 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 at one point, I really looked up to him, um, spiritually speaking. And he's like, it's impossible for you to have a righteous pursuit of wealth. And I said, I disagree with you, sir. And, but I got more people that, who are other elders who would agree with me. So I'm going to attempt today to provide you with some principles to help you to pursue wealth as a righteous person. There is a way for you to pursue wealth that will bring glory to God, that will not compromise your faith. Amen. How many are interested in getting the wisdom to obtain wealth in a way that will please God? There's both practical things as well as spiritual things, and we're going to go for it. Um, once again, the Lord um, prompted me to share these things with you, and that's what I'm going to do. I, if you've been around, I've never preached a message about prosperity in my entire life. Except for one time I did. I preached, I, was, I, I rented a hotel um, conference room and I preached about prosperity and the devil whipped my butt. And I said, oh, no, I'm not preaching that again. <laughs> uh, what do you mean he whipped your butt? In other words, uh, my finances got attacked more than it's ever been in my life. And I said, like, I won't be preaching that. <laughs> so, I, for, so it's been over a few decades that I have preached that message. So here I am again. Um, about to speak about that. We, um, I did reach out to the um, zoning officer and let him know I was called to the status. And so we're just waiting to hear from him. So that is good news. Um, how many know that just because of the delay doesn't mean it's no? And so we're waiting to hear good news from them. And, and so I called Thursday and left a message and we believe God in the right timing that he'll get back to us. Deuteronomy chapter six. Deuteronomy chapter six, the righteous pursuit of wealth. So, come on, say it with some gusto. That was weak. Come on, one more time. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse one. Let's look at this. It says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you're going over to what? To possess it. Well, we know from the New Testament, there really is only one law. It's the law of Christ, which is the law of love. There is some benefits of obeying the Ten Commandments, and we see them fleshed out somewhat in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus in the apostles wrapped up the, the Ten Commandments in. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart and loving the Lord and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. So the law of Christ is really what we should focus on. All the commandments, they, they rely on the law of Christ. And so the Lord has put his laws in our hearts 
So you and I know what's right and what's wrong. We know when we miss it and we know when we please him. You know that, right? How many know when you miss, miss you sin? You miss the mark. Our conscience is a safeguard because we're born again. The born again person can follow their conscience because it is the voice of the recreated spirit. As you obey it daily, you will continue to keep your conscience clear so you can follow it. So we need to have clear conscience, consciences, right? We need to have that part of us that speaks concerning our, the new nature. So God has burned his heart, uh, his laws in our hearts and in our minds. There was a young woman that uh, she's a big sister to me and we met her and her husband. They were great, great people of ours, friends of ours. And she, they started a church and they would go out and witness in the park. And there was a young man who was a drug dealer. The young man got born again. And they didn't tell him anything. He was a drug dealer. They didn't tell him to stop doing what he was doing. Uh, it was just, you know, he got born again. They got this information. He was living with his girlfriend. He, what he did, he stopped selling drugs and went to go work for McDonald's and moved in with his mama. No one told him to do those things, but because of the law that is written in our hearts, he knew what to do. If we'll obey those things, we'll know. We'll follow God. And so some Christians, they ignore that, they suppress that. And we see from Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says that, you know, we should obey the, the commandments that the Lord is teaching us and, and so that we can go into the land and possess it and possess it. The Lord has some wonderful things in store for his children, but unfortunately, some will not enter in the promised land or possess it. But as your pastor, I want you to possess the promised land that he has for you. God has a promised land. There is a land just for you. Let's look at verse two and three. That you may fear the Lord your God your, and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Here, therefore, O Israel, be careful to do them that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Back in the day, specifically, old Pentecostals used to believe that the land of milk and honey was talking about heaven. But it's talking about the earth now. If we are doers of God's word and listen and obey the Holy Spirit, you will greatly multiply in a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, some have allocated that to only speaking to, to Israel. We know that Moses is writing to the children of Israel, but the application is for all believers that saying, hey, listen, if you obey the Lord, all will go well with you and the Lord will multiply you. Matthew 6.33, this, this speaks of Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness will be added to you. So we see this principle that the Lord likes to add things to us. Come on. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So the Lord is a mathematician. 
He adds things to us, and there's some subtraction. He tells us to lose our lives. If you'll lose it, you'll find it. If you'll give, you'll receive. If you obey, there's a reward. Just about every commandment of the Lord, there is an attachment of a promise to it. There is a reward. He's still teaching us as parents how to parent our kids. Attach a reward system to that so they can have a motivation. He said, listen, I obeyed my mom, Jackie Dixon, and John Dixon. I obeyed them because I wanted to live long on the earth. Not because I'm such an obedient child, but because my mom placed that inside of me. Plus, I wanted obedient children. You sow, you reap what you sow. Now, you can call crop failures. <laughs> crop failure on things that you've sown in the past. <laughs> and love, love covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> so let me, let me share a story. Um, one, day, one day I was driving home from work, and all of a sudden I had this sharp pain in my side. And I said, Lord, this is not your will. Healing belongs to me. Health belongs to me. And so, Father, I'm going to remind you what you said. You said in Ephesians 6 and Deuteronomy, in, in um, I believe, um, Exodus, you said that this is the first commandment with promise, that if I obey my parents, honor them, that, you, that my days will go well and I live long on earth. So I cash in my well day. This is not a well day. No lie. Within moments, the pain went away. I claim the promise that my day will be well because I honor my parents. I honor Johnny and Jackie Dixon. I honored them. And because I honored them, I claim a well day. Glory to God. <laughs> so there's some promises that you can claim if you do your part. And so we see that from here, he says, if we obey the commandments of the Lord, what, what are some of the promises? Um, Things will go well with you. I want things to go well with me. And I want the Lord to multiply me greatly. God is a mathematician. Not only does he subtract and add and divide, but he also will multiply you. Multiplication is upon your life as you obey him and his word and follow his spirit. Multiplication. He'll have, you'll have so much more, even as Abraham did, that he had to separate from his nephew. You got so much stuff you have to give away. Today, some of y'all were a benefit. Y'all received from my multiplication of books. I purged my study, and therefore you had some books to take home. Come on. <laughs> multiplication. Um, and let, so it reminds us of, of six, Matthew 6, 33. Let's go to verse 4 through 6. Hear, O Lord, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with what? all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them. To, uh, of them. And when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, you should bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as um, frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost post of your house and on your gates. Let's take a look at it. Moses starts out declaring that there is one God. 
Then he continues by telling us to love him with everything that we are, which speaks of spirit, soul, and body. Your heart, which can't equal to your spirit, your, your soul, which is your soul, right? And your might can connect with your body. We are to obey him. We are to love him. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so Moses is declaring to us that there is one God. He's teaching theology. And then he goes on verse 7 through 8. He says, we're called to not only obey the Lord for ourselves, but to teach our children. And he says to teach them diligently, to teach them on purpose. It is our responsibility, our responsibilities to teach and to train our children. It is part of obeying him. You got to train them in the way that they should go, regardless of how they feel. It, you do not affirm what they're feeling as if it's the truth. You give them God's perspective. Yeah, you may have this feeling, but the truth is this is what God expects. You bring God's reality into their lives. This is how we do it. Montel Williams. This is how we live it. We live. We cut out a pattern for them to so largely see that they cannot deny it. Your life blows out the light of God. It sets up the standard. And when the enemy comes against your children, <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. What's the standard? Your obedience, your life. Your life is the standard that the Lord uses. Say, Mama and Daddy did it right. I have a pattern to follow. I have, they have created some landmarks for me to follow. What do you call that? That's utterance. Thank you, Lord. This land was, 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 was part of a properties the Lord promised to their forefathers. The land represents our wealthy place in Christ. So go with me to Psalm 66. Psalm 66. The righteous pursuit of wealth. I, I do believe there is a place. Now, there's some believers, believers, I'm getting ahead of myself, who can't handle this wealthy place. So therefore, it has been forfeited, perhaps to their, to their kids. But you and I could qualify if we obey. Psalm 66, look at verse 22. He says, you, you let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. How many have been through some hell and back? Come on. Don't act like you've been saved all your little lives. Or after salvation, things went your way. Yet you have brought us out. Everybody say brought us out. Brought us out. To a place of abundance. Yeah, that, that's what he got in mind for you. He, there's a place. King James says a wealthy place. There's a place of abundance reserved for you on this earth. You won't need no money in heaven. <laughs> you, you need it now. You need it now. Oh, Lord is going to bless us in those sweet by and by. No, you need some of that wisdom and that wealth now. So you can fulfill the call and the purposes of God on your life. Amen. A land flowing with milk and honey. This phrase is repeated throughout the Bible, specifically in Deuteronomy. It speaks of richness of, in the land. In other words, it's the best the land has to offer. Let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1. Some people have said, you know, that's spiritually speaking, that's dealing with 
um, us as believers of all the things that we had in Christ. But it's amazing how if they had no lack among them and there was no sickness among them and they were under the shadow and we're walking in the reality of it, should we have some of that in there some? Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19 says this. Let's start with verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. The Lord wants you to reason with him. When you're going through your situation, inquire of the Lord. Lord, this is not right. This, something's not right. I've been paying my tithes. I've been honoring you. I've been making confessions. Something is not right. You can inquire of the Lord. Reason with him. Why is it that I'm not walking in my wealthy place? Why is it that I don't have the blessing in full manifestation? Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Listen to this. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the what? The land. If you're willing, if you refuse and rebel, you should eat, you should be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is principle for all children of God. If we're willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. Some people say, oh, you know, God called me into the ministry. I just, I don't, I just don't want to do it. I just don't, I, I don't want to do it. I, I, I didn't want to go into the ministry. I had my own plans, and you might have your own plans and to do, but I didn't want to be this doctor. I didn't want to have this kid. I didn't, I didn't want these things. But are you willing? There was a man, he was called to China, and he, the, you know, he felt the call to China, and he rebelled against it. He got married, got, um, had some kids. He ended up losing his wife and kids, and um, house burned down. He was trying to be a businessman, but there was a call on his life to, to be a missionary in his what, what he sensed of the Lord. And later on in the latter part of his life, he decided to go ahead and yield to the call of God. And the Lord says, all I wanted is you willing. I never wanted you to go. I just wanted you to be willing. You got to be willing to give up your dreams for his sake. You got to be willing to give up your life. It's not a matter. See, God is so good. He's going to give you so much more better than what you have. He, I don't, that's not grammatically correct. More better, right? Um, but you get the point. <laughs> He's going to give you better than what you have if you'll be willing. There's some things he's willing. Now, you might be in a marriage and, and you're going through stuff. Oh, I'm willing to leave this joker. No, I'm, that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm willing to leave these kids. <laughs> I'm willing, Lord. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not. No, you got to work it out, right? <laughs> Marriage is made in heaven, but it's worked out on earth. <laughs> so that's not what, what he's talking about. I'm willing. Yes, let me pack my stuff now. Put money aside. Yeah, you go ahead and cheat on me. I mean, you know. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um, but it's talking about being willing and obedient to whatever God has for you. Just be willing, whatever he has. And then obey. Obey. So here we go. You eat the good of the land. That's what the Bible says. God wants us to live in the best. Most of y'all don't believe that. <laughs> uh, if you got expensive taste, you got it from your heavenly father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I, I think, I, I believe the Lord, um, 
the water that was supposed to be here. I I, I believe <laughs> I believe that this is this is like some some of the best waters, right? <laughs> um, I think the Lord wants us to have the best the best. And some people say Fiji is the best. Uh, it's it's not the same. I think Trader Joe's is on a higher level, but that's that's it can be debated. Um, we should live in the best. Let, let's let's talk about this. Um, <laughs> we we should drive the best. Jesus had the best donkey on his way, a donkey that never was ridden before, brand new. So God got some things that's brand new for you. Some houses that no one has ever lived in. Some cars that's never been driven. Come on. God has some clothes that's never been worn before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's God's will for your life. I preached this in Africa. They ate it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. This, 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 this message is for, it's eternal. It goes through all culture, and I'm telling you, it'll change. The, the, the pastor said to me, PD, Pastor Dwayne, you need to write a curriculum so we can change the course of Uganda. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm telling God's word is applicable wherever you are. And there was a young man who got a hold of the message of praying in tongues and confessing the word in Brazil. He started praying in tongues so long and so hard that he prayed himself out of poverty into wealth. Mm. God wants you to have the best marriages. Yes. If your marriage is jacked up, it's not God's fault. Somebody's not obeying God. That's what my bishop said. Somebody's not obeying God. Something was sour. Somebody is in disobedient to the word of God. We're going to leave it there. Um, you should have the best children. Do you think God would give you a child and not give you the wisdom or have the wisdom available for you to raise that child up? Our lives should reflect his glory in all of our lives. And we should be the best. The best employee, the best employer. We should be the best husband, best wife, best son, best daughter, uh, best friend. Come on. Yeah, yeah. We should be the best. We should not only have the best, we should be the best. Huh. Mm. If you want God's best, you got to do God's best. There's so many believers who do not believe this. They, they settle for less than God's best. There is a righteous pursuit of this wealthy place. If you get in your heart and your mind right now, you can pursue it and the Lord will bring you into it. If you put it in your heart right now, get it right in your heart and your mind right, you can pursue it and the Lord will bring you into it. Yeah. And so in order to have God's best, you got to be the best in obedience. You got to obey. When he moves on you to give and to sow, sometimes what God does is he deals with people over and over and over again to do something. And when they don't obey, he goes to somebody else. That's right. That's right. And when there's a need presented, he goes to somebody else. Because this person didn't obey. You have in your heart, you have in your heart to sow. Sow into a missions trip, sow into a church, sow into a person, sow into an organization. You have in your heart. And you, if you delay that, you're sowing seeds for later on. 
Because when you need something, someone's going to delay in giving it to you. So when God moves on your heart to sow, it is an opportunity for you to be prosperous. Go, go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. There's a righteous pursuit of wealth. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm telling you, God wants to give you an opportunity. If you, uh, there's times, I, 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 I think I mentioned this when I was in Uganda and I was preaching and God was doing some things. There was a lady, she ran up and threw money on the podium. And my natural say, you know, you, you need this. The Lord said, don't you rob that woman from her blessing. I received it. And I believe sometimes when we don't give, we're robbing God. It says, if you don't honor the Lord with your tithes and your offering, guess what's happening? You're robbing God for the opportunity to bless you. You tying his hands, he's trying to get something to you, and you think he's just trying to take it away. You know he's a mathematician. You're going to give it to him, he's going to multiply. See, multiply. Deuteronomy 8, let's look at verse 1. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do so that you may live and what? And multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he may humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he, may, that he might make you know that man should not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so we see Moses starting out with Deuteronomy 8, saying that if we, could, if, if, if we do what the Lord commanded us, we will live. In other words, we'll have health. There, there's health connected to our obedience. Um, I don't know about you, I was talking to my wife this morning and how sometimes if I'm sitting too long, I, the Spirit of God through my spirit will say, get up, get up, get up, you're sitting too long. I, I'll just sense that I'm sitting too long. The Spirit of God will lead you in the smallest things. Get up and do some walking. Get up and do some exercising. Get up and pick that paper up. Get up and declutter your house. Get, get up and purge. Those little things will lead to bigger things. And so we see from the scripture that, that the Lord is to say, hey, you know, if you obey, there's some health, there's some healing, and, and, and there's some multiplication, some increase. And he says, go in and possess the land that the Lord has promised. This isn't just spiritual, spiritual, this is financially. The things you've been through are ways that the Lord has used to build your character. The land of not enough is a place to learn how to trust him and to use your faith. A place where you will love him regardless of what you have, of what's happening. It's a place of contentment. The Lord kept you during this time. Remember him and stay in the posture of prayer and worship as you prosper. Don't forget about the Lord. It's remembering when you didn't have enough. When you tithe, that was your last dime, and you had to trust God for the gas to get back home. I'm talking to myself. Before, I, I remember going to church, and I didn't have enough money for the gas and the tolls on New Jersey Turnpike, and I came to church, and I gave my last, and trust God for the gas to go back home. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's continue. Verse 4, and your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know th then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Everybody say a good land. A land of brooks, of water, and of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. And a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread. And it goes on, a land whose stones are iron, and it goes on in verse 10, and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. The Lord will take you from welfare to more than enough. The Lord will take you, and remembering the Lord during those lean times, he was testing your faith, testing what's in your heart. So then when he brought you to your wealthy place, you will remember him. Amen. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise that place of trust and 100% dependence upon him. For those times are prepping you for what's next. What you've been through is a setup for what's next. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Verse, um, and it, it says that he'll bring you into that that wealthy place. You shall be blessed him for what he has done. Praise and worship will keep you grounded along with the word as you experience increase. When you praise and you worship, it reminds you that God is there. Let's look at verse 11. And it says this, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his statutes and rules, which I command you today. Lest you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them. When your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied. This is not talking about some spiritual place. All that you have is multiplied. Then your heart will be lifted up and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, which speaks of out of the land of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness and into his marvelous life, uh, out of the house of slavery. We were slaves to sin, and now we're, we're no longer servants, but we're sons and daughters in the son with the master. He, we're no longer under the bondage of fear. Now we can live in the fullness of the grace of God. Now we can live in liberty. We were once bound, but now we're free. We were once in a place of low self-esteem, and now we know who we are. Uh, we were once in the back, and now he's given us a platform. Come on, come on. Thank you, Lord. Verse 15, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness. Some of y'all been through some hell and back. Who brought you, you water out of the flinty rock? Who fed you in the wilderness and with manna that your fathers did not know that he may humble you and test you to do you good in the end? Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might in my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as in this day. So we see the scripture that, that he's warning the children of Israel, do not forget God. As you pursue wealth, do not forget God. Reading the Bible helps us not to forget God. 
Make yourself read the Bible every day. Every day you need to be reminded of your creator. Every day you need to be reminded that he's your provider, not your jobs. There's really only one source but many channels. Glory to God. He is your source. There was a man who, who was preaching and he was preaching something similar to how I was. And, and, and the, the biggest giver, human giver, was there. And he decided to have a meeting with the pastor. And he said, I don't like what you're preaching. And he decided to walk out and leave. And he took a bunch of people with him, left the church. And, and the pastor said, Lord, my biggest giver get left. And the Lord said to him, no, he, no, he did. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you may lose your job. That's not your source. <laughs> you may lose your benefits, but that's not your source. There's only one source who is God. If you'll renew your mind with that, as you get your wealth, it is God who gives me the power, the anointing to get wealth. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. We can use the hardships to trust him. This, the time when you made your confessions about the provision of the Lord, when you came in, uh, and when you came into what you confess, you stopped confessing the promises. Sometimes it's easy to do. When you, when you needed something really bad and you went in, you praying in the spirit, you were waking up and you and God was having a meeting and you were going forth and you were even fasting, threw some fasting on it. And all of a sudden you come into what you've been confessing, then you forget and you've stopped doing what got you there. But wisdom says keep doing it. How many know that God will continue to stretch you for more? So if you got a million dollars in your savings account now, it's still not enough to do what God has called you to. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Um, we, 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 I met with um, the, the people from Uganda and about this crusade. And you know, I told you I was $13,000, I was $7,000. Oh, I was so low. It's $200,000. And so as they're telling me this, I just start laughing. They said, PD, why are you laughing? Because God is our source. God is our source. They said, yeah, it's going to cost $200,000. I said, oh, okay, give me details. Give me breakdowns. So they broke it down. And we, we ministered to 6,000 people. And I just started laughing. Glory to God. $200,000 to do the will of God, to feed, uh, to minister medically, and to feed them the word of God for a week. Glory to God. Hey, there ain't nothing for God, right? $200,000. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I mean, I believe that somebody's going to write a big check. People are going to write small checks. I mean, not necessarily checks, but they're going to donate and give and sow, and it's going to come in just like we need it. The power of the favor of God. <laughs> Somebody needs to give away, give, give away some money. Somebody needs to get money out of their hand so they can have a text write off. Come on. And I'm a target. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, somebody going to come and chase me. Oh, pass it away. I need to sow. I need to give. Oh, you going to Uganda? Here you go. I'll pay the whole bill. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So we, we, our last scripture that we're going to look at. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Let, let's go to two more scriptures, and then I'm going to give you some practicality. Um, let's go to 2 Corinthians 8, 9. We, we, we are familiar with this, but it, it, it bears repetition so that you can get your faith up, so you can know what Jesus actually did. It wasn't just a spiritual thing, but it was a financial thing as well. Um, verse 8, um, chapter 8, verse 9, 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your what sake he became poor. It wasn't talking about spiritually poor. Some people want to say, but you know, you never seen a spiritual poor, poor person raise somebody from the dead. So it couldn't be talking about spiritually poor. It says, but for your sake, he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. They use the word rich. He didn't say you can just have just enough. God has richness on his mind for you. God has wealth on his mind for you. But most people don't believe that. You are supposed to be rich. Come on. You're supposed to have money. God doesn't mind you having money. He doesn't want the money to have you. And if you will solve some problems, your net worth will increase. People pay you based on your worth, your net worth. Not that we know we're, we're, we, are, um, we are valuable to God and his kingdom and you're valuable to other people. But in the marketplace, people pay you based on your skill set, based on what you resolve in that company. And the more you resolve situations, the more your net worth increases. So you got to add value to wherever you go. Whatever job that you have, add value and your income will increase. Amen. And so what do you need to do? Um, I heard a wonderful uh, man of God that I've been listening to for years. We've been listening to for years. And uh, his name is um, Jim Rohn. He, and he said this, his, his, his um, mentor said this to him. If you work harder on yourself than on your job, you'll make a fortune. If you work hard on your job, you'll make a living. But if you work harder on yourself than you do on your job, you'll make a fortune. So I want to talk to you about working hard on yourself, working hard on your faith, working hard on your confession. Let's go. Let me give you some, some principles. Thank you, Lord. Until you get a vision for more, you'll never attract increase. In order to be successful, you yourself must be successful internally first. Before it shows out on the outside, it must show out on the inside. It must show up on the inside. What's going on in your mind? What's, you know, your mind is stopping you from receiving everything that God has for you. Now, now Daniel just marked my little books that I have some secular books in there. Think and, think and Grow Rich. Um, um, po the Power of Positive Thinking. Um, How to Win Friends. Um, Dale Carnegie. Listen, I'm going to use all those things for the glory of God. It, it may be some wacky stuff. But, but God, through his wisdom, can redeem those things. And if it works for the secular man, it can work for a godly man. Come on. I, I, some of y'all can't handle that. The wisdom of God will take the wisdom of this world and redeem it and cause the, the greatness of God to come upon a situation. Are you with me? Yes, I know that I can God can naturally come upon me and cause me to lose weight. But if I don't do anything... The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If I don't do any stepping, there's no, he can't, he's not ordering any things. God will put his super on my natural. <laughs> if you talk about your boss, you can't expect to have favor with your boss. Come on. You nullify the favor of God. 
So let, let, I'm going to give you some principles of as you righteously pursue wealth. The first thing you got to do is develop a kingdom philosophy. A kingdom philosophy. Make up in your mind the reason you are pursuing wealth is to give more to the kingdom of God and you're going to bless a lot of people. That is a philosophy. See, sometimes people want to get, they take the message of prosperity and they run with it and it's about greed. God is not in the business of feeding your greed. He's in the business of flowing through you some wealth to bless a lot of people. Amen. Some of us want to bless our parents. That's one way you honor them. You don't honor them by saying, I honor you, I honor you, I honor you. Honor is connected with finances. Don't tell me you honor me as your pastor. I'm not taking up a money offering for me, by the way. But you don't honor me as your pastor. And don't, you, know, you, you honor me by financially. That's what Galatians says. I know that's not popular. <laughs> Come on, keep on smiling. <laughs> some, of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all have never given to your pastor. I, I, I remember as, a, as just a member, I, I was so into my pastor. I didn't have much. It might have been $20. <laughs> it might have been a CD. <laughs> I gave something, right? Give ways. And I'm, I'll never forget this. Johnson blessed me. I mean, we were moved here and, and they was like, oh, I remember we went somewhere and, and I was like, oh, I, I think they, I wanted some food or something. They would not let me pay for it. They said, as long as you're with me, you, we got you, Petey. I said, huh? I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not, this is not self-serving. Right, I get my own food now. I'm either healthy, right? healthy, a oh, well, new way of living, except for today. You know what I'm saying? Listen, we're going somewhere. Um, thank you, Lord. Uh, we, we, um, Courtney, I'm gonna tell on you. Courtney found raisin cane 20 minutes away from the house, and she brought some raisin cane, and we were praising God for raisin cane. <laughs> so you got to develop a kingdom philosophy. Um, generosity is one of the ways God uses to build your character. I've never seen a poor man stay poor if he gives. If you'll give wherever you are right now, you'll break the spirit of poverty over your life. Uh, I, I want you to become addictive to giving. Not only giving to the church, all right? I, you know, you go, oh, you just want us to give to the tithe. Yes, I tithe. I give offerings. I give big offerings. Come on, you make those confessions. I pay my tithes. I give so seeds. And then I bless others. Financially, get the vision. That's Ephesians 4. Let's go there. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, real quick. Ephesians chapter 4, and let's look at verse 28. It says, let the thief no longer steal. All right. So if you're not working, but you're obtaining all this, you know, satisfaction with your food and so forth, you're stealing. Right. Uh, But rather let him labor doing honest work with his what own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So the vision. Is to share with others. The vision is to share. With others. So you, you know, what's this? Five, six hundred dollars, right? What's the tithe? Uh, for six hundred dollars. Sixty dollars. So the Lord just asked for sixty dollars. Well, no, he don't ask. That's his. Uh, the word of the Lord to you, I got prophesied to you. Some of y'all, the Lord says, where's his money? 
He wants his money. Yeah, he is the, uh, the original OG. <laughs> Where my money at? <laughs> 60. And then he says, you determine, you determine the offering. All right. So let's say you, you know, 60. I'm going to give an offering of $40. So that's the Lord's. Then you have this to take care of your needs and the needs of somebody else. And somehow he gets involved with the 90 percent. and He is stretching it further than what you would have had with the 100 percent. He does it supernaturally. There's a principle that that that's, it, 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 it starts to work in a way that he'll he'll cause things to to manifest. See, if you'll keep all that you have, then you only go so far. But you cannot give God what belongs to him and give him an offering and sow a seed on top of that, that he multiplies it. Perhaps that, you know, they said no overtime this week. All of a sudden, overtime happens. All of a sudden, an opportunity to make some money or some, somebody just write you a check or cash out you. By the way, this is not real money. <laughs> Courtney saw this. Destin had this. She's like, what in the world? You took the church's money, Destin? <laughs> Destin's like, no, I got this from work, from school. <laughs> She's like, let me find out. You selling drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So pay your tithes, give offerings, sow seed, bless others financially. But guess what? It starts right now. Wherever you are right now, that's where it starts. Make a decision. I'm going to honor the Lord. I'm going to give offerings. I'm going to sow seed where I am right now. And do it in faith. Some of y'all have been giving paying your tithes and giving offering, but not in faith. You will see no fruit from that. I've been tithing since I was a little boy. And it wasn't until one day Courtney and I was on welfare and, and it was, things were tight, tight. And, and it just didn't make sense for us to tie. And I'm sitting down at the table and I took my fist and I hit the, I said, don't go in it. And we have to move in with my mama. We're going to tie in faith. And from that moment on, everything started going. If you're tied in faith this day, everything will change. You may not see the fullness of it today, but just over time, in due process, you'll see it. Amen. When you know why you're, why you're pursuing something, it will guide you and make it easy to obtain it. Having a kingdom philosophy will put, will put into practice Matthew 6.33. Seek first, not last, not second, but first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's having the principle into your daily life now. You have to love to give to the gospel and to the people. It starts now. Developing a kingdom philosophy. It's about the king. It's about reaching people. It's about preaching the gospel. It's about pushing the mission of the gospel. Just having it in your mind and your heart to do that. That's the first thing. That's the first principle to righteously pursue wealth. Number two, you got to set goals. Have some clear goals. Um, set some every month, every quarter, every year, every five years, every 10 years. I'm talking about financial goals. Get super clear about your wealth, your wealthy place, according to what God has called you to. 
the richest man at this time, according to Alexa, <laughs> is uh, Bernard Arnault. He's the richest man on the planet right now. His net worth is 201.1 billion. Hmm. Um, the second, Elon, 187.3 billion. The guy who, number three, Jeff, 123.1 billion. Larry Ellison, 108.5 billion. Bill Gates, 107.8 billion. Warren Buffett, 104.5 billion. Michael Bloomberg, 94.5 billion. The wealthiest pastors are as follow. <laughs> Kenneth Copeland, 300 million. Bishop David, come on, help me out, Alfred. Old Paul. <laughs> I'm messing that up. 150 million. Pat Robertson, 100 million. Benny Hinn, 60 million. Pastor Chris from Nigeria, 50 million. Joel Olson, my dude, 40 million. Creflo Dollar, 27 million. Rick Warren, 25 million. Jesse Duplantis, 20 million. Bishop T.D. Jakes, 18 million. P.D. Zillinger. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I do think that we need some saved folks. I don't know what they are in their relationship with Jesus, we need some saved folks as billionaires. Why not? Three questions. Why not? Why not you? And why not now? Write that down. Why not? Why not you? And why not now? You can become a billionaire for the glory of God. I don't believe that the Lord wants wicked men and women to have all the money. Some people get upset when churches build a big building or they, uh, they spend a lot of money on youth ministry or, or on a sign or, you know, or to hire people. And they, they look at it as if, oh, we're losing. But that's a poverty mentality. You may have money and still have a poverty mentality. Oh, we were dirt, not dirt. You know, what if the building was ten the building down the street is ten thousand dollars a month? Some people have a baby. But if God told us to do it, he's gonna provide. Right? Uh, the, <laughs> I'm just serious. The, the accountant was we were talking about the um the mission strip that you got two hundred thousand dollars and he was turning red. <laughs> he was like, oh, oh. I said, you all right? <laughs> you, you know, God is our source, right? But I'm just looking at these numbers, PD. I, I understand that, but God is our source. And I do think he wants 6,000 people to get saved. You know, people going to get filled. You know, they're going to get healed. And we're going to fill up a bunch of churches or perhaps plant a KLM there. Come on. I mean, why not? 6,000 people get saved. <laughs> they need some place to go. <laughs> Why not? Slando. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, there, there are needs. There's a need to to be more wealthy in the body of Christ. There's a need for that to be able to bless a bunch of people. My last one is financial independence. Financial independence. 
It is the status of having enough income or wealth sufficient to pay one's living expenses for the rest of one's life without having to be employed or dependent on others. Income earned without having a job to work. Having passive income. You don't get there overnight, but it can start today. Um, how, 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 Pastor Dwayne? These are some practical. Get a vision for it. You'll never have it if you don't get a vision for it. Um, you got to see yourself financially independent for the glory of God. If you don't see it, you won't have it. And, and, and I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to end. The word pursuit acronym, right? Things are changing. Uh, I, never, I used to hate these little things, and now I'm doing it. Acronym for pursuit. The first one is to pray. That's, that's the first place. Um, prayer changes you, and prayer changes things. And especially spend time praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. The Holy Ghost, oh, you got it for me. Thank you. The Holy Ghost knows how to get money to you right now. So you got to pray. Number two, understand. You need some understanding. Proverbs 4 says, and all you're getting, get understanding. Understand your covenant of prosperity. If you don't believe that it's God's will for you to be prosperous, you'll never have, you'll, you'll never be able to pursue this with a clear conscience. Know it is the Father's will to give you the kingdom, the keys to the kingdom, and the wealth of this world for his glory. Yet Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven. R, receive. What are you receiving? Wisdom and revelation. This is where it becomes supernatural. You can get money, you can become wealthy without God. But there's nothing like it to have him leading you and guiding you. This is where it becomes supernatural. You do have your part to do naturally, but the Lord will give you wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, and it will sustain that wealth. And supernatural insight of how to obtain it. Wisdom is seeing tomorrow's consequences of today's events. Wisdom is seeing tomorrow's consequences of today's events. And so as you get that wisdom and as you get revelation, and revelation, don't let it scare you. It's just divine insight. God, by his spirit, gives you divine insight how to get the wealth, what to do with it, and how to obtain it. God's wisdom will get that wealth to you. Take your knowledge and apply that knowledge to that right situation, and you'll get the wealth. Amen? S is speak. You got to speak your wealth into existence. There's power in your mouth. If, if, if it's too big for your mouth, it's too big for your hands. That's not me. That's Bishop David, one of the richest pastors in the world. Uh, um, if it's too big for your mouth, it's too big for your hands. So you got to speak it. P.D. Zillinger. P.D. has more than enough. I call wealth into my life. I worship the Lord and walk around my house. I call wealth and riches are in my house, Psalm 115. I thank you. I call wealth and riches in my house. I thank you. Whatever you call Jesus to be, that's what he'll become to you. Jesus, I call you my wealth giver. Jesus, I call you my wealth giver. You're the best business person. You who are called to be businessmen and women, you call Jesus your business partner. Oh, and you go and pray in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit will download wisdom from on heaven, from on high and give you wisdom to operate your business. 
Do you believe the Lord wants you? God did not call you into business for you to fail. Failure is never an option. January, baby, all around the world. <laughs> come on, come on. Listen, you get the wisdom of God. See, some of y'all are depending on your own self. Your, your job is too small for God. And you think your job can get, is, is the only channel that he has. It's a channel for some seed money. Because <laughs> what God has called you to is too big for your job. Your job can't pay you for what he's calling you to do. Some of, some of us have in our hearts to, to build charities, um, to, to sponsor kids to college. Come on. Why not pay for, get you some kids, adopt them in the name of Jesus. Not really adopt them, but say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for your four years of college. Let's go pay out some, some houses for our relatives. That Muslim that don't know Jesus, you know, Jesus just moved to my heart. I'm going to buy your, I'm going to pay off your house. So you get saved. John P. Key, gospel artist, um, was a drug dealer back in the day. Lord saved him. And everywhere he goes, he, in his concerts, he gives out money. And one day he decided to go to the crack house. And he went and his, 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 his choir and they, they fed a bunch of people and they preached to them and set them up in a house, in apartments, and paid for it for like six or seven months and led them people to Christ. Why not do that? Why not just buy a whole apartment complex and set up programs to say, you know what, we're going to, we, you know, in order to, we're we, we going to bless you, but you got to go to classes. We're going to have Bible study and we're going to get you some skills and set you up for the rest of your life. That's changing the course of a nation. Why not have a vision for that? Why do the world has to have the best? Giving a single mom a brand new car and pay for insurance for a whole year. Multiple people. Oh, you, oh, you don't have no food? Let's buy Pampers for, or Pampers? Let's buy Pampers for the first year. And then some. Set up a college fund. <laughs> Get a vision. For your nephews and your nieces and your grandchildren and, and your friends and your friends' kids. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to set up a, a financial account for you for you go to school for free. Why not bless a bunch of people? It is selfish of us to just think about us and our needs. So you got to speak into this. Number, um, the, the next one is you. Unlock your potential. Your wealthy place is connected to your grace, your calling, and your skills. Let me say it again. Your wealthy place is connected to your grace your calling, and your skills. The more valuable you are to the marketplace, the more they will pay you. And so you got to unlock the potential that's inside of you. What is inside of you? You got to do a true assessment. What, is the, what are the graces that you have been given? What are some graces? What can you do? See, when I was teaching some of this to um, the African pastors and I was telling them, I couldn't just say go out and get a job because unemployment rate is about 70% in Uganda. So it's not easy to just go out and get a job. But I said, what can you do? You can work on your skills, become a communicator. Well, the best way to practice is every day. So whoever you're talking to, practice your communication skills so that you can grow in that area. So then when God calls upon that and he brings your gift before great men and women, they'll sow into you. I was in speech therapy at age, I mean, third grade. 
I couldn't say the, and I couldn't say milk. And the speech therapist gave up on me. <laughs> Ain't no hope for this kid. I, 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 the, the, I mean, I just couldn't really communicate. I was hard, it was horrible. So what you're seeing is grace on display. I could not talk Jesus. for years. Of my, and, I, and I'll get frustrated. I remember being a little kid and my aunt, um, and I was trying to tell her I want some milk. And I, I'm a meh. I'm a meh. She's like, what are you talking about, boy? I'm a meh. meh. She's like, I don't understand what you're, forget it. <laughs> True story. You can call her. <laughs> you can call her. I'm telling you, I could not talk worth of crap. And then they would help me to read, and, and I and, and just like I was nervous when I was reading publicly, and I'm like, oh dang, they're gonna mess up with me. Especially when I came to Trenton, on uh, junior number two, it's like they would call me to read, and it was like, they like, oh, he got a reading problem. <laughs> Grace on display. Unlock the potential. What is it? Work your ground. Work your land. What is inside of you? What is it that you have not pulled up out? What, you, you know, what, what, the way you think, the graces. If you'll work the graces, you'll get the money. That's where your prosperity is. Work what you have. What, what's in your hand? What's in your mind? How do your mind think? What, the way that God has shaped your mind and, and you, the, the way that you are. You can't do everything. I don't believe that we should teach our kids you can be whatever you want to be. Sorry, Nas. We, we can't do that. I can be what I want to be. You know that song, right? I can, I can, I. No, you can't. If you don't have the skills to be a basketball player, you, there's no skills. So stop trying to do something that you're not called to do, right? <laughs> right? I'm not saying you can't acquire those skills, but we got to be realistic. Like, do what God has graced you. The skills set that God has given you. Let's sharpen the things that God has given you. The interest that God has placed inside of you. Let us push you towards those dreams. Instead of do, pushing them towards something that they're going to get frustrated. <laughs> and just going to frustrate the grace of God. Some of y'all are frustrating God's grace on your life. I'm not saying go out and quit, but use your job as a means to, to supply your dreams, your potential. I. Invest. Invest in yourself above all. Jim Rohn again. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Become wealthy in your thinking, in your daily habits, in your spending, in your savings. As, you, as your knowledge go, grows, apply it and invest in skills and, and properties and, and stocks and bonds and careers, whatever. Invest. The greatest investment is in yourself. Invest in yourself. And you'll tap into that wealthy place. And number T, I mean number T, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thank God for bringing you into your wealthy place. Amen. Come on, thank God for bringing you into your wealthy place. Let me, let me give you, leave you with these things. If you are not tithing and giving offering start, and sowing seed, start now. Make a decision to honor him. If you... It will put you on a path step by step and he will lead you and your net worth will begin to increase. If you put these principles into practice starting today, you will see it happen. Again, it won't happen overnight, but in due process, you'll see the Lord at work. You have to do the natural. Don't be so spiritually deep. I'm just going to confess. And No, as you confess in the spirit will lead you what to do. Why? 
make that confession a reality. To say affirmations and confessions without action is, is being disillusional. I'm just confessing. I'm just saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a nice day. I'm going to have a nice day. I'm going to have a nice day. I'm going to have a nice day. That's not what we're teaching, by the way. I'm going to have a nice day. Today is going to be a great day. Today is my day. And you sit there and dun, 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 watching TV. You sit there and you're not eating healthy, healthier. You sit there and you're not doing anything. You're not working on those daily goals. Um, John Maxwell says it like this. I can tell where your future is based on your daily habits. I think I gave it to Landis um, called Today's, Today Matters. Is that, did I give that to you? Today Matters. And in that book, he talks about your daily habits will determine your destination. So whatever you're doing daily, that's when it's going to show up tomorrow. You have to do the natural. Learn about money. Learn about your covenant of wealth and prosperity. Don't just learn about your covenant, but you got to learn about money. Learn how to use your faith. These are the beginning steps towards your wealth. Instead of buying your lunch and going to Chick-fil-A all the time, and I have got, my wife will tell you, I've gotten better. You, you make what's in the house. Maybe you bring your lunch. There's a book called Millionaire Next Door. You'll never know that they're a millionaire because they don't have a, a lifestyle that reflects that. They're doing, the, they're doing some things naturally. You might have to downsize. I thought you said a vision for increase. What if God calls you to downsize in order to upgrade you? <laughs> However he leads you. Now, honey, don't use that against me. Like, you said downgrade. <laughs> I'm not saying. But, but what if he leads you that way? Give up your wonderful home for a one-bedroom apartment for a year or two. Instead of having all your wonderful meals that you enjoy that cost a lot of mo money, like going to Trader Joe's and, and Wegmans, maybe you have to go to Walmart's or ShopRite for a little bit, or Dollar General. You, do, doing what you got to do, right? Well, Dave Ramsey says best. And, you know, um, what did he say? He says, um, um, in order to get what you never had before, you got to do what you never done before. And most people won't read the books. They won't take the walk. They won't eat the apple. They won't drink the water. They won't eat the spinach. I don't like vegetables. So what? If it's going to help you live longer, why not? All right. You may say, I, I just wanted to hear about Jesus, PD. I'm good. No, you're being selfish. Why not get wealthy to sow into the ministry so people can get saved? Why not bless as many people as possible? This day, receive the anointing and the understanding and the wisdom. This will push you into wealth. See, some of y'all thought I was just going to push you. <laughs> you say you got anointing to push me into wealth. I can lay hands on you. They ain't going to do nothing if you don't ever apply. Apply these things, and a year from now, your whole life will change. I'm prophesying to you, listening to me, KLM, I'm prophesying to you, your whole life will change if you apply these starting today. A year from now, your financial situation will be better than it is right now. Listen, money in my mouth for you. If you would apply this, wherever you are, you will begin to see your life change. Change is coming. 
Change is coming. Change is coming. And change is here today. Change is here today. The anointing to increase. The anointing for wealth is here right now. Don't just feel it, don't, but receive the impartation and get to work starting today. Elijah, do you hear me? You're 15, 14. 20 years from now, you could be a millionaire. Come on here. Let me pray for you. From time to time, I see people giving. I'm a, this young man been giving. For a long time. The Lord's going to honor that. Amen. Raise your hands. Father God, I thank you for Elijah. I thank you for his heart. I pray, Father, in the next 20 years, you'll change the trajectory of his life. Give him the wealth, the wisdom, the anointing to get wealth, to change the trajectory of his family line. I thank you, Father, for the wisdom that, Lord, he'll take the dollar and honor you with 10% and give an offering, perhaps the next 10%, and perhaps save the other 10%, and perhaps use the other 10, 20% to, as, a, as a profit and live off the rest. Lord, I pray that you'll give him the wisdom that is needed to set him up for the rest of his life. I speak to his future, and I declare that the wisdom and the favor of God be upon him. For even as God, you have favored, you favored your son, David. You favored Solomon and given him, making him the wealthiest man in the world. Give unto Elijah the wisdom. But above all, give him a heart for you. Let him love you no matter what. And as a result of that, he'll apply the principles that his whole life will change. 20 years from now, he will be 34 almost 35, I thank you for making this young man a millionaire for your glory, for your glory, for your glory. Come on, come on. Y'all stretch your hands out. Stop being selfish. Stop, stop thinking about yourself. We're going into his future right now through our prayers, and we're praying for his future. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Thank you for his wife, my daughter, a godly woman. Wherever she is, you're raising her up for him. Thank you for his wife. Thank you for healthy kids. He'll never lack finances. He'll never lack favor. Thank you for pay, paving the path, cutting out the pathway. May he walk into it. 20 years from now, if he'll obey, listen, if you obey the word of God and the Holy Spirit, you'll be a millionaire in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget PD. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm looking at a bunch of wealthy people. January baby got the favor of God on it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it does. Cleveland, let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord. This is one wealthy man. <laughs> Father God, I pray for Cleveland St. Hilaire. I thank you for the anointing for wealth. God, I thank you that he'll get addicted to giving, not only to his local church, but also to people. I thank you as he sows seeds. I thank you for you are the Lord that multiplies. And I thank you for multiplication, Father. I thank you, Father, for the desires of his heart. You know what they are. 
I know a little bit of them, but you know what they are. I pray you'll bring them to pass. As he delights himself in you, bring those desires to pass. I thank you for financial independence. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The next five years will set him up for the rest of his life. Listen, Cleveland, the next five years, the next five, if you'll obey the Lord, follow his leadership, you'll be set up for the rest of your life. Thank you for the legacy for his boys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Honey, you got something? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, so. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's praise God for our brother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We receive the anointing and the wisdom for wealth. Father, you called us to be wealthy people for your glory. May we never forget you. May we not be hungry for the money, for the bag. But Father, we be hungry for you, and the bag will follow us. Everywhere we go, we have favor. Thank you, Lord. 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 Understand the why, the kingdom philosophy, and, and the rest will be easier. The why. You want to give more? You become addicted to giving. You, you know, you can sow more than you can save. The money will come quicker if you sow it than you saving. I'm not saying not to save, but when he moves on you to sow, the attachment to that is an increase, multiplication. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Get in your heart. You want to give to God. And the Lord will... Support the habit of giving, your addiction. If you get addicted to giving, he will support it. He gives seed to the sore. He'll, he'll, he'll make sure you always have seed to sow. Make it up in your heart. Listen, listen. Um, I wasn't going to do this, but there is a desire. There's a, if you have a desire, we need $200,000. And you have a desire, whatever amount that is in your heart to sow towards that trip, God himself will make sure you'll get the money so you can sow it. It's in your heart to, we need 100000 for this building. If it's in your heart to give more, I, I double dog dare you to write down a number. Right now, just go ahead and put it on your smartphone or, or the index card I gave you a few weeks ago or whatever you may have. Put down, if it's in your heart to give towards Uganda, write down an amount. And if, if the big, I say, if it's a big number that comes to your mind, Go with the big number. <laughs> and towards the $100,000 for the, the building, whatever amount, put those two numbers down 
and we're going to pray over it. I'm not taking up an offering right now for those who are scared. <laughs> and if you have it in the bank right now and you want to sow it, you can do so. Amen. All right. If you, once you have your, those numbers, let me pray over you and then we're going to finish up. Go ahead. Join me standing once you have those numbers down in your heart, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be for those two projects. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you. Come on, lift up your hands. Father God, I thank you. I thank you. You give seed to the sower. Say, Father, Father I am a sower. So I thank you for the seed to sow towards these two projects. Thank you, Lord, for supernaturally causing money to come in for me to sow. In Jesus' name. Angels, go forth and bring the money in for me to sow. In Jesus' name. It's going to come in so fast. Amen. Give God some praise. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.